Welcome to Any Way You Want It. I'm your host, Kaylin McDuff. I'm an LA-based coach for women who want to create lives based on desire. Here on the show, we like to have real conversations about sex, relationships, and life through talks with everyday people, experts, friends, and everything in between, I give you a plethora of options, different relationship models, new mindsets, perspectives, and paradigms. Listen for what sounds interesting to you and follow that. This is just the beginning of you having a life designed entirely from the specificity of your desire. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Any Way You Want It. Um, My heart is just expanding uh, as I uh, look at my guest for today. Mm -hmm. Um, We have Lauren Harkness with us today, and uh, she has been one of my most impactful teachers um, this year. And so it was, it feels like it was only a matter of time before I had you on the show, Lauren. (laughs) So thank you so much for being here. Happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) My absolute pleasure. And, you know, I, y'all, I just have no idea what's gonna, what's gonna come through with this one. The thing that I want you to know about Lauren, well, okay, I'll give you a few little pieces of her official bio. Um, So, so she is the co-founder of uh, the Tantra Institute. um, And, uh, you know, she is also just trained in so many other modalities, a list which I could not even possibly give to you, um, you know, in the time frame of this podcast. Um, but she is just a um, complete expression of creativity and feminine radiance in the world. And um, for me, Lauren has just been um, so much permission for desire and for my desire. Um, and, uh, yeah, what else do I want you to know? This is just a woman who like anything that life throws her, she's like, okay, wait, that feels fucked up, but hold on. Like, let me look at this. What is this? Like, what is life trying to tell me? And she just takes each and every stroke from the universe and is like, okay, I, th- I trust there's something in this. I'm going to keep letting go. And um, yeah, and she's just, I think, one of the most beautiful examples I have ever seen of that. So so we will, um, I'm sure, get into lots of uh, gorgeous topics. And I just have no idea what's going to happen. How about that, Lauren? Awesome. That sounds great. Let's just dive into the unknown. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, okay, so... You are a very powerful tantrika, um, and it was not always that way. So I know a little bit of, you know, sort of your, your backstory, but I would love, you know, for you to share with my listeners um, where, where you came from and just like how we got to here. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's a winding adventure. <laughs> uh, let's see. I started... Uh, I grew up in a very conservative family and I love my parents and they're wonderful humans. And 
I think I was just a wild little creature that was uh, confusing (laughs) for them. (laughs) Um, And so being that I grew up in a very religious household, um, there was a lot of pressure and silence around sexuality and not only sexuality, but emotions. And I, I'm an emotional generator and I have huge waves. And so I would um, just feel like I had to go be by myself in order to feel. And so this kind of pressure just built up inside of me of, of feeling wrong for who I was in a very inherent way. And I know that many people share this story, you know, as I, as I have opened up into the healing practice of Tantra, like hearing the commonalities of, of people's wounding, you know, that I'm not enough. I don't belong here. Those kinds of really, uh, historically common threads weave through us all. Mm-hmm. So mine was, I'm wrong for who I am. You know, the ugly duckling story definitely applied to me. It felt like, a just very out of place. So mm-hmm. I hit my teen years and I became very promiscuous and wild and rebellious and self-destructive and, um, you know, experienced my own sexual trauma from about 17 to 24. Um, and then around 27, I just hit this spot of, I need to do something about this. Like I knew in my soul, there was something that I was missing that I didn't know about sexuality and I couldn't orgasm with people. And I felt like I was, you know, chronically, um, chasing something like wanting to find my value and validation from partnership with, with men, Mm. um, which is also very common, you know? And so this kind of cocktail of, of stuff just put me on a path of discovery. Mm -hmm. So around 27, I started studying with various different personal growth teachers and I learned this practice that I do teach in my <laughs> class, you know, very well, uh, called peaking, which is a clitoris stroking practice. And I've kind of created my own version of the self-stroking version, because when I discovered it, I read a book and I gave myself a four minute orgasm, but after practicing for a while, and it's a different than a climax. It's more like these rolling waves that kind of move through your body and they feel more subtle, but at the same time, more intense. Mm-hmm. And it was my sexual awakening because all of a sudden I started to be able to orgasm with people sometimes when they weren't even moving inside of me, but I kind of, it shifted my perspective away from my sexuality being an external thing that I needed a partner mm-hmm. to be wonderful or that I was broken somehow because I couldn't come with them mm-hmm. into a dialogue of wow, my body is a source of many things, including my orgasmic capacity and including being responsible for creating the life I want. Mm-hmm. So that kind of set me on a path. And I, as you mentioned, I've studied so many different things. <laughs> I mean, I think more than any other teacher I have ever met, I feel like you have been <laughs> down more paths, you know, and yeah, like than anyone I know. And, um, and for me, like, that has given me so much approval for like my curiosity. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, oh, I do want to do plant medicine. Okay. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I want to go. I mean, when I came to you, I was like, oh, Tantra feels like the only 
um, major body of work that I just haven't actually been down, mm-hmm. you know, and it's the whole body of work. I'm like, I feel, you know, there's infinite possibilities. Um, but yeah, I just love that you follow, have followed your curiosity. Mm. Um, wait, did I get, I want to just get something straight. The, uh, did you just start, you read that book and then you just started, uh, practicing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So it's funny that you mentioned the curiosity piece because my, my mom is a librarian. So I am endlessly curious oh. and I grew up reading everything voraciously. And I would like discover new worlds that I could be in through books. Oh, okay. I am. Yeah. I don't think I fully realized this part of your, like the, yeah. the distinction of like, this woman started reading a book. This, yeah. this is so amazing to me. Um, that you created that relationship with your body, like mm-hmm. at least the beginnings of it through literally just tr- like trying some things in a book. <laughs> totally. That is like, that is so miraculous. That was <laughs> not my experience. <laughs> I, <laughs> I needed community right away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just, I was like, I, I'm not, I, am I masturbating? Right. Like I, you know, I really went through a whole different journey, but I just have so much, um, respect for the idea of just like creating a practice on your own and sort of sticking with it. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what I mean, just if you could go back to that period of time, like what was it like, starting to unlock that thing in you. It was really amazing. I mean, let's see, I'm, I was 27. I was a nanny and a house manager for a family in Seattle. And I lived with a roommate and she was wonderful. And I think she was kind of sex positive if I remember right. And we, so we would just have conversations about sexuality, but there was like a a burning desperation, honestly, that fueled it because I was so fucking frustrated. You know, I couldn't orgasm, Mm. you know, I was always like yearning for unavailable men and like dating a bunch of people. And so I, I was so dissatisfied with my sex life and my relationship life that I think that hunger kind of spurned it. Yeah. But I've always been really creative. And so I remember I would kind of get in these liminal spaces. When I first read the book, I taped, um, I recall, was it on a tape? It might've been on a tape. I looped that Paula Cole song, feeling good. (laughs) I looped that. And so I would listen to that and I would just self-pleasure and I would get in these states of like orgasmic bliss And I had this little tiny room and the sun was coming through the blinds. And I just remember like, it felt to me like when I would make things because I turned towards creativity in my childhood as a way to like find some solace in my heart. So it's always been a place of alchemy for me. So those states I would reach when I first learned this practice felt like when I was sitting at my desk making jewelry or something, it was like timelessness, like time would stop and I would just be like in ecstasy in a, in a form of ecstasy somehow that was, it was really wonderful. So that I remember that I remember being in my room, self-pleasuring and just kind of expanding how much I could feel. Oh God. 
the best feeling in the world. It really is. <laughs> I mean, and, and really like also not only as you do this just with a book at first, yeah. but you know, at the age of 27, mm-hmm. that's also just extraordinary to me, you know, <laughs> and, you know, like I, I feel like, um, at least my experience is like when women start to get into their thirties and they're mm-hmm. like, okay, wait, hold on. Isn't there more, you know, uh-huh. there's so many women that are having that conversation, but it's rare for like a 27 year old to slow down and be like, what is going on with my mm-hmm. sexuality? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for reflecting these things. Cause you know, totally. for me, it's just my story, just how I came, but my gosh yeah (laughs) you know I was fascinated with because I have a degree in psychology so even in school I remember I was a a poet and I would sing in this group but my favorite class ever was psychobiology of women and I took it four times like and I ended up writing my I ended up writing my thesis on oxytocin and I remember the teach the professor came up to me once she's like why do you take this class so much and I'm just like I don't know. I'm just, I love it so much. Like I, I couldn't tell her why, but like, I felt like I belonged there, like to learn about the intersection of a woman and her full, full life through her sexuality was just so fucking cool. (laughs) Okay. I love that you took it four times. Yeah. I took it over and over again. That if that does not tell you (laughs) totally like all about you I mean like I don't need to know anything else (laughs) who takes a college course four times I guess it's so yeah but that's amazing to like have all these markers you know yeah it's fun to go back here in my memory thank you yeah oh my gosh I'm just I'm loving it well and the other thing that I'm just getting present to in this conversation is you know, it does take, I, I think there's a level of desperation, you know, that yeah. like they say, you can come to this path from inspiration or desperation, mm-hmm. but I just find, especially like the darker left-hand path that you and I are on, you know, it's usually from desperation. Totally. And so I just had this moment a few minutes ago where it's like, wow, like people that just have mediocre sex, you know, like they're like, oh yeah, it's okay. Like it's fine you know, Mm -hmm. I feel okay about it. Right. They might not ever find this work. Totally. (laughs) That is so unfortunate to me. (laughs) Yep. You know, um, wow. Okay. Well, let's, let me just, hmm, like (laughs) feel into where from here. Um, well, I I'd love to hear sort of just as things, um, like what, what was next in the experience? Like, as you just kept opening up and, you know, like kind of put some more attention on getting more support around your sexuality, like what else started to unfold? Because, because also just to be clear for everybody who's listening to this, like you are a full on dakini, like mm-hmm. sexual healer. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to fill in a few of the pieces. Yeah. Yeah. 27 year old, you know, just, uh, reading a book and getting, getting down with herself. And, uh, and then now here you are. Oh my God. I love it. These are great questions. (laughs) And I'm, I was just reading more about the left-handed path too. 
And the thing that I think what I'm present to right now, even through your questions is, oh, the path finds you. Like I had totally forgot about taking psychobiology of women four times. You know, it's like these things were in my life way before I got the click of, oh, this is my mission and part of my purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, it took a long time actually from that moment. It was just, okay, 27, I opened up. Um, I kept going on my personal growth um, journey and studying with different teachers. And then um, another point of desperation actually is what set me off on the next piece. So, so I opened up this way and then all my friends started doing orgasmic meditation, which you and I are quite familiar with, right? We share that lineage. Yes, we do. And I went through a terrible breakup and my sex died and my, my creativity died. And I was a jewelry designer at this point. So that's the other part of the story is I became a jewelry designer. Oh yeah. We got to talk about that. Okay. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so jewelry, I'm a jewelry designer. I'm studying my personal growth. I, I figure out this practice and then I go to orgasmic meditation community because I had a horrible breakup and for like a year and a half, I had zero desire for anything Mm. or anyone or even self-pleasuring. And then a same thing happened where I was like, Oh God, I need to do something about this. Like my sexuality and my creativity are such a big part of my life. Like can't Mm -hmm. let it be dead. So I went and I, and I got into a coaching circle with Nicole Deodone after I learned how to own and oh, we gosh. talked about being a witch and oh my gosh yeah. yeah for those of you I mean at this point my listeners know yeah cosmic meditation if you've been listening to the show for a while yeah. but Nicole is the founder of orgasmic meditation and this woman just has a sword yeah and she just sees you beyond what you ever imagined mm-hmm so you get into this with Nicole. Oh, great. Yeah. So, so we have a conversation about being a witch and, and, uh, learning how to calibrate and dial your, your dial up and down so that you can deliver your medicine before you trigger people basically. Mm. And so I was curious about her. I was like, Oh, okay. This woman knows something that I'm curious about. So I jumped in the coaching program there mm-hmm. and I did that twice um, I guess I'm a person who likes to repeat things that I like. You are just really, <laughs> this is so fascinating to me. You yeah. are such a clearing for this too. Um, so Lauren's core, I gotta just let my listeners yeah. know. Lauren's course, one of her courses is called Erotic Sovereignty. You know, mm-hmm. it's an eight week course, which I, uh, well, now I've taken it multiple times, right? <laughs> but um, I originally took it for the first time earlier this year. And I just remember that maybe there were like 80 women in the course. And I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. And then I realized, I'm like, some of these women have been here. <laughs> two, three, four times. Uh-huh. And I was like, what is up with that? That's so fascinating, you know? And, uh, <laughs> but now I really get it because you are totally the clearing for that, Lauren. <laughs> I never even thought of it that way, but you're so right. <laughs> this is wildly entertaining. Okay. It is for me too. It is for me too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you took a, okay. A couple times. Yeah. So I took the coaching program. Yeah. Took the coaching program. Um, and then right around that time I opened no years prior to that, I had opened my marriage and opened my relationship. So I was polyamorous and I'm in all these different communities Yeah. and people started to come to me 
for mm-hmm. advice around sexuality and their relationships. And at this point, I'm still just a jewelry designer. And okay, just a jewelry designer, a quote, magical yes. jewelry designer, a magical jewelry magical. designer. Thank okay. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, I'm what I'm saying is I wasn't aware yet that I had this purpose until uh, I took the coaching program twice, and then I took tantra with Charles. And so I had coached, I was coaching women, I was coaching men, women, and couples around their sexuality, but it still didn't really kind of grab me yet until uh-huh. I became a Dakini. So I took Charles's class, who is the founder of Source Tantra, and he created Sacred Spot Massage, which is this kind of shamanic sexual healing practice that I practice and many people do. Yeah. So wait, and, hold on. Let's slow down. Yeah. Tell everybody what a Dakini is. <laughs> A Dakini channels the healing energy of, uh, I would say like the sacred prostitute archetype, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's more about running your sexual channel while you are in connection with someone to help them release trauma, to help them move blocks that are stuck to open their pathways of pleasure and to get them into that source energy in their body. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's so well, good. Say the thing about like, this is, this used to be like sailors would come in. Yes. Right. To yeah. Say more about that. Cause I, I'm like not fully remembering all of the details, but I feel like I want people to hear this. Yeah. So the temple priestesses would yeah. basically receive the warriors from war and make a love to them. So they came back into their wholeness and then they would send them back into the community because they would come back crazy from war. Yeah. And so the, the goddesses would basically love these men into their wholeness, back into themselves, back into connection. And the way it works through my body was I gave my partner a session, which is really a hands-on body work session. Yeah. And I just, if something clicked and my, he started to cry and my body just took over and knew what to do, how to hold him in my arms, how to say something that would elicit a healing response. And that's been my path as a Dakini. It's, it's like something comes through my body. I'm such a grateful channel to receive what I feel so connected to God, because it's like, I get an impulse to move someone's hip and like, And I can feel the trembling of tears before they come. It's like, there's this volcano that's stuck in the hip that wants to like erupt out of this person. Mm -hmm. And it's like a holding of that trembling until they feel the big release that wants to come through their heart and they can let go. Right. It's powerful. That is just, it's such a, it's such a gift. Sexual healing. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, and I just love the, um, the historical piece of this yeah. It just makes so much sense. What else could people possibly need after that much, like, you know, sort of trauma. Yeah, yeah. Trauma. Right. Totally. Well, and you, I think you have it too. And we all do. Everyone has this archetype inside of them. If they want to remember it, you know, it's, it's, it's in present in men and women, just a desire to care. And there's like an erotic innocence to it. It's, it's about breath and the body. It's not necessarily sexual. Right. Yeah. It's, oh my gosh, totally. 
it's some, it is a whole other energy, mm-hmm. you know, which I mean, I shared with you, but like, I like had this come through me, you know, mm-hmm. when, when I, right after I took your snake whisperer class, mm-hmm. everybody take the class. I highly recommend it's it. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's basically like just learning um, the, you know, br- you know, bringing reverence and magic to mm-hmm. worshiping a man's cock. And oh my God, what came through me with my lover through that? I was like, I am, I am a, like a, a sexual shaman. Like I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know any other way to say it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but get, but, um, the, like, I, yeah, I totally know what you mean. The moment of like getting in touch with that and just being like, oh, I know exactly what to say mm-hmm. and where my hands are supposed to go and my breath and like all just creating a whole spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. This is something else. You said it, sister. <laughs> okay, I feel like we were on a little path and then we got a little, I, I got us distracted about the Dakini thing. Yeah. Which I don't regret. Um, okay, let's back. I remember. Oh, yeah. It was, it was that when I gave my partner that session, right. yeah. that's when it clicked and I, and I was like, holy shit, I meant to do this. And that's when my tantric path unfolded. And then I became uh, yeah. a teacher and sharing this work in so many different capacities. And I had no idea. I was a jewelry designer. I had no idea I was meant to do this work. And now I do. <laughs> so that's where the story yeah. led us to. Okay. okay, great. Okay. Yeah. Great. So y'all got, she was a brilliant jewelry designer mm-hmm. and then just got in touch with her magic. And now here we are. Thank and goodness. here we are. Yeah. Well, and you know, I'd love for you to talk about like one of the other, um, pieces that I think is so, um, that your story is so illustrative of and something you said earlier this year that just has always stuck with me is like, you are an energetic match for everything in your life. Mm -hmm. And so I would love for you to share about like what your experience of that has been. Yeah. That's a really great topic because that's true of all people. And there's a way that we can shame ourselves for it when the energy match is not that pleasant. Um, Mm -hmm. And so the, the shifting of the lens to see that, you know, our light and our shadow is equally attractive to its match Mm -hmm. and our shadows are merely places needing love And so when the shit hits the fan in your life and stuff starts to go haywire, um, I'm very familiar with that because I'm in it right now. Um, It's often pointing to an inner child wound that just is wanting more love, like worthiness or enoughness or deserving or abandonment, all those things that are getting pushed with the challenge of of life. Mm -hmm. But we're never going to escape challenges, humans. That's just it's improbable. And the left-handed path is all about that, really. You know, it's like the right-handed path is more like, can we ascend our earthly circumstances and, you know, be enlightened off of earth? (laughs) Um, I'm not meaning to degrade it in any way because it's, it's fun too. It's fun too. 
And the left-handed path is more about embracing the polarity that is both the light and the shadow, both the ecstasy and the challenge. And and like loving the challenge, loving the darkness. Of course. Yes. It's so rich. There's so much goodness in there. Yeah. (laughs) So, so anyway, yes. So I, I really do believe that, that we are an energetic match for the things we've created, both the light and the dark. And when we're right with that, that's where we get to have movement. Mm-hmm. if we're resisting our darkness or pushing it away, then it's like you push with one hand and it smacks you in the face with the other. But if you are embracing all sides of yourself, then that acceptance, you know, like Buddhism talks all about acceptance. It, it really is. I feel like the magical elixir of life. Mm-hmm. Like how can I be so approving of this exact circumstance, exactly how it's showing up that's the place where you have power to move it or to change it or to shift it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that is the elixir, you know? Yeah. Somebody recently said to me like, you know, gratitude, it's the secret sauce to life. And I was like, fuck you, dude. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I listen, I love gratitude. We all need some gratitude, but it just felt a little like, I was like, oh, there's, it, it felt too floaty to me, uh-huh. you know, like a little, I hate to uh, just assume it was spiritual bypassing, but it was like, you know, sort of the puppies and rainbow approach, mm-hmm. which I'm just not about. And so I just remembered that as you were saying that. And then when you said like, yeah, it's the elixir, like this is the elixir. The, yeah. Like, acceptance is the secret sauce, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> exactly approval 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 oh my gosh um well how is approval uh showing up in your life right now <laughs> oh god well uh you know this um yeah. my beautiful partner and i decided to move in together and we found this amazing house in the suburbs across the bridge from new york city and we were like weird are we moving to the suburbs And we did, we moved. And then seven days later, the hurricane came or nine days later and flooded my basement, flooded our basement. And now we've been in a fight with our landlords for the last month. We've been without a home because the mold is growing up the walls. And now they're asking to release us from our lease. So we are without home, especially in five days when my apartment, uh, which has already been rented is, uh, no more, no more mine. Uh, so I am doing my very best and having a really hard time getting into approval around this because mm-hmm. home and sanctuary has always been such a respite for me. It's where I create from. Mm-hmm. It's where I move from. It's where I make my own magic. It's where I call things to me. Mm-hmm. And this chapter I hope will be about us finding a home that is beautiful and amazing and not us putting stuff into storage and going off traveling which may happen I'm not sure so uh so yeah so I'm I'm definitely getting knocked about in my root chakra Mm -hmm. and I'm remembering that every time I've gone through a challenge I have been grateful for it on the other side, especially because I get to empathize with people, you know, that I'm here to serve 
having an experience so that I can empathize with them when they come to me for support so that I can love them there. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. You're really in it. I am so in it. And I, I hate slash love that often these challenges come when you're on a high and you're just like, yay, life. Mm-hmm. And then life is like, oh yeah, don't forget about this part. <laughs> Gotta keep you grounded. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. that. Well, and you know, maybe I I um I think just in relation to that, you know, as you mentioned, like, oh, my partner Russell and this yeah. homework creating, there is just a whole treasure trove of wisdom in this relationship. Mm-hmm. And and in the um, you know, your your pathway towards motherhood and just the journey that you have been on, you know, manifesting a life partner and you know, creating, you know, the steps to motherhood and just all that has come with that. I would love for you to share that. Um, you know, I know a lot of the story, um, but I'd love for you to share that with my listeners. Um, just how all the like little locations that you have been in. Yeah. Of this. Oh my God. That's <laughs> a great story. Thank you for asking. Um, okay. Wow. So we met in, I think 2018. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 2018. Um, he came to one of my classes and we locked eyes and I definitely felt the, the flip flop. And I don't know if I've shared this part of the story, but Mm -hmm. for about six months prior, um, my former partner and I were going through one of our, one of our breakups. And, um, I, I knew I needed to call in a life partner. And so I started doing sex magic actually, and a lot of meditation. Mm-hmm. And I made my little God box and put it in the love and relationship corner. And I put all the qualities that I wanted. And when I would meditate in the morning, as I, as I approached meeting Russell, I started to feel this presence in my body, like, Oh, someone's coming closer. I could feel that there was a masculine energy coming closer. Yeah. So when I met him and we started dating, I was like, oh, well, that was what I was feeling. And it was pretty wonderful. We had a nine month passionate romance in which um, I was very attached to him being the father of my child. Uh-huh. And he, okay. yes. he had two kids already and was adamant that he did not want to father another child. Yes. Um, do you mind if I slow down here for yeah. a second? Cause I want all the ladies to hear this. What did your attachment look like? Cause I, I think this is such an important distinction attachment versus desire. Oh yes. It is such an important distinction. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I had been on a journey of motherhood since 27 and I had manifested three long-term partners in a row who didn't want children. Mm -hmm. or, uh, or didn't want children with me. And when I met him, he felt like my husband in my body and Russell. Yes. Russell Uh did. And I couldn't quite shake that feeling. Like I felt like this is it. I can feel it. I know this is him. Mm -hmm. And yet it wasn't right for me to, to put that on him Yeah, because he, at that point was very, very clear. He didn't want to have kids more. Mm -hmm. 
And so he was always in this push pull with himself of wanting to go deeper with me and explore and me with him. And then a pull away because he knew he didn't want to father children with me. And he wanted me to be available for someone else. Mm -hmm. So my attachment looked like, um, disbelieving him when he said no, um, being pushy around my desire, Uh um, and closing myself off to dating other people. Uh Yeah. Spending all my time with him. Because it's like this desire that you had, like that is a true desire, a true desire, true desire. I can just feel the energy that is your desire for partnership and motherhood. Like that is so true. Right. And so that's beautiful. And the like attachment to it's going to be with this person, right. That is where so many of us, myself included, Mm -hmm. get hooked. And then it's like, no, that's not actually desire when it's Mm -mm. so you can feel the constriction of that. Mm -hmm. Yep. And the urgency. Right. It's like now with this person, it's gotta be this way. Yep. Right. Yeah. So that, thank you for so generously sharing that because I think that's something so many women can relate to. Oh, thank you for asking. And I, I really got blessed with a partner who taught me about letting go in that way because he (laughs) ended up leaving me. Uh Um, and I was devastated and mm. for about two and a half months. And that was right before the pandemic. I mean, the series of events that couldn't be more perfect, actually, <laughs> it was my initiation and now I'm in another initiation, but this, this one was a big one letting yes. him go. I was devastated. I thought he was my husband and he left and it was brutal. Oh, and so I kept was- crying for like two and a half months every day yeah. until I hit a bottom and my shaman who's so lovely. I, I was trying to figure it out in my mind and sort through yeah. what happened, you know, what, what created this. And he just looked at me and he was like, well, you've been sitting in front of the Vajra Yogini, who's this tantric deity, every journey you were sitting in front of her picture. So the answer must be in the feminine. And as soon as he said that, I just laid on my bed for another day or so. I was like, okay, I'm going to stop thinking and I'm just going to let myself feel. Mm. And that was when I hit the bottom that popped me up because I was meditating one day after sobbing and I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I feel this bliss, like the most rapture I'd ever felt in my entire life times 10 from being with him. You know, it was like beyond, beyond, beyond ecstasy. And I'm sitting there in my window and the pandemic had already started. And I saw, you know what? if I can feel this much pleasure in this much grief, I'm going to be just fine. If I can feel this, then I don't have to be afraid of love ever again. Just Let's just let that one sit here. If I can feel this much pleasure and this much grief, I'm going to be fine. Mm-hmm. It was like freedom. Hmm. So I bundled up all of his presents and I did a despacho ceremony and I took it down to the Hudson River and I sang him a song and I cried all the tears and I wrote him a letter and I tossed it over the edge and I said goodbye. Hmm. And I felt free. I felt complete. 
And I felt like, okay, I can let go. And I did. I let him go. And I kind of started dating a little bit, but not really because I was creating erotic sovereignty at the time. Mm-hmm. But I was, I did feel free in my body. It felt like I was clear and ready for someone new. Mm-hmm. And then I started manifesting a partner again. And I, I started getting really clear and through actually through erotic sovereignty, you know, you always teach what you need to learn, you know, it worked me yeah. and it continues to work me every round. But that round in particular, I realized I didn't have any boundaries around my motherhood with partnership because I had allowed three long-term relationships to go on where -hmm. there was no children at the end of it. Mm -hmm. And therefore it was my responsibility if I really want to be a mom. And so I gave myself a boundary and I said, I'm not dating anybody seriously who doesn't want kids with me. Mm -hmm. And then he reappeared. Who would have fucking thought? (laughs) He called me up one day after a year of not talking And I said, I had a wild hair and I just said, why don't I come to Aspen and visit you for a weekend? No past, no future. We don't talk about kids, like nothing. He was like, okay. So I went and we had an amazing time and our love was still very much there. And then he invited me back for another week. And I went back and it was his mouth that opened and said something like, what if I just impregnate you and I don't have to be responsible or, or we have an agreement that like, this is your child and I'm, I'm simply the sperm donor. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Where did that come from? And he was like, hmm, weird. Why did I say that? <laughs> and we started a couple months of conversation and we, we set up like two or three different relationship containers. Like one was to explore that possibility and I think both of us came to the conclusion around the same time, like, no, I, I, I felt in my body, like, no, I actually do want a partner who's the father also. Yeah. I don't want to be a single That's mom. Yeah. yeah. So we both came to that same conclusion of like, no, we don't want that. Right. So then we, then we set another relationship container till February when I was planning to go to Bali of let's just go all in both of us and see if he can get to a Yes. Cause he was open to the idea of getting to a yes. Mm-hmm. And so we did. And at the end of that time, I found out I was pregnant and we both actually, we both came to our yes first. And then the next week I found out I was pregnant wow. and then I had a miscarriage sadly, but that was really like where both of us decided, you know what, let's do this. Yeah. The whole thing. <sighs> I love this. I love this story. And, you know, something I want to sort of shed a light on for anyone who's listening um, is just like the power, you know, Lauren said, Hey, we we set up these different containers. Mm -hmm. And again, that's a word I use pretty often on this show, Mm -hmm. but to clarify, you know, like a container is just, it's just a set agreement in a specific amount of time saying, Hey, we're going to practice this thing in our relationship, or Mm -hmm. here's, here's our intention. And here's what we're agreeing to, you know, so many people just sort of coast through in relationships. And then like 10 years later, they're like, oh, hold on. We didn't create what we wanted or like mm-hmm. this is boring or whatever. And so the, you know, um, I know this is a big part of the work that you do. And it's a part of the work that I do is setting up containers with intention, mm-hmm. you know, as a way to like 
we'll just be intentional about the energy and be curious about whatever wants to come through. Mm -hmm. So I just love, I want to say that and say, I just love like how you set up, like, it was like, okay, what's the very next step, right? We're not, we're clear. There's a deep, 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 deep connection here, probably from many lifetimes. Mm -hmm. And, and we're not like, what's the thing that's in between, right? What the true desire is mm-hmm. it's like building a stepping stone to that rather than just saying, oh, I'm a no to that, right? Leaning in with curiosity and creating a way to explore that in an intentional way where you, where you feel held and you're on the same page. Mm-hmm. That I just love that so much. I love it too. I love it too. Honestly, like it was he who drove that, that bus and still does. Like, I love the experiments within the, within the relationship. It's like, okay, well, what do we need to explore right now? Let's do it for a month and see if both of us can find a place where it's comfortable. Yes. Well, and you've done that too with like polyamory relating, right? Yeah. Yeah. With my, my first, with my, um, my husband, my ex-husband, um, we gave it a six month trial when we opened our relationship and both of us had veto power, like if not veto power over particular people, but veto power over if it was going to be a yes or not. Like we'll go back to monogamy if it doesn't work for either of us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And after six months it was working. And so we continued. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, you don't have to make a decision inside of your relationship forever. Some decisions are going to be forever. Like, yeah. Oh, we're committing to having a child. Right. Yeah. Um, but something like, I don't know, are we open? Are we not? What kind of open relating do we want to do? You know, there's so many different practices that you can take on and you don't have to, like, I, the thing I really want people to hear is that in, in your story is just, how much possibility there is if you're just willing to get curious and like set containers around it. Totally. And it makes you feel safe. If there's a finite amount of time, you're like, I can, I can tolerate discomfort knowing that there's an end and that then we can make a decision that's more neutral. It comes from a clearer place because we have, we have the real time experience rather than a speculation of what might go wrong or what might go right. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm, I just love, uh, I love this whole journey. It is, uh, it is so inspiring, you know, for me as a woman. I'm so glad. It's like, oh, I'm, I am stepping into motherhood and life partnership, you know, and all of these things, like the, it's such a practice to really let go of the form you know, totally. and I teach this stuff and like, I get confronted every damn day. I hear you. I'm so excited to see who your partner is. Who's it going to be? Mean, who's it going to be? We'll see. They're going to be badass. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, they better be ready for some cock worship, you know, I'm sure <laughs> they will be because who doesn't want that? <laughs> who doesn't want that? Who doesn't well, want as, that? Um, as we, um, as we start to wrap up, is there anything else, um, that you just want women to know about mm. their bodies or their sexuality or magic? Yeah, I really want them to know 
that everything is possible for them. I think women, men and women, but women in particular suffer from like some really strong conditioning around competition mm-hmm. and fuck always comparing yourself and finding yourself short. So mm-hmm. sometimes when women hear about like the sexual responsiveness that I might experience or other women might experience, they might right. think, oh, that's for them, but I don't get to ever have that. Mm-hmm. But that's not true. Yeah. Honestly, practice of all kinds is what will get you to the ceiling that never ends. Like I have not hit a ceiling of pleasure yet. And it's so available for every single woman. And that's what I really, and every single human, but I really want women to know that, that they are not limited by their pain, by, you know, the, the pain that they might feel during sex. Now there are ways to release it. They're not limited by, you know, the, their brain that short circuits them and takes them out of the moment. They're not limited by any of that. It's so possible to heal all of that stuff and be a very responsive, orgasmic woman. No matter where you're starting. No matter where you're starting from. Could be PTSD from the military. (laughs) Yep. From everything, from, wherever, from sexual everything. trauma, yeah. from all of it. It's so yeah. healable. It's so possible. Yep. Mm, well, thank you for being the possibility <sighs> of that in the world. Thank it you. Is so expanding for, for me and for so many women. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to have touched you. And likewise, you inspire me endlessly. And I adore you and can't wait to see all that you're creating next. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, um, it, for women who are who ears are per, who ears have got whose ears have gotten perked up and are thinking maybe I want some Lauren in my life. Do you want to yeah. share what's coming up? Yeah, definitely. Um, the next round of Erotic Sovereignty, which is an eight week class for women, is coming up on uh, September twenty sixth. And I also have a retreat in Mexico that I have some spots left for, and I am so excited about, and that is October 4th through the 8th in Troncones, Mexico. Um, It is going to be amazing and super special, and I can't wait to do all these practices in person. Hands on. Yeah. Lauren Lauren is magical over zoom, but you know, I got to meet her earlier this year and she's even more magical in person. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Well, and then I think we'll include all the links. uh, Yeah. That's That's all on my website. website. NY.com. Yep. Okay. Amazing. Thanks, babe. Thank you so much. Love you. Love you too. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you got something from this episode, please share it with someone in your life and pop on over to iTunes to give us a five-star review. I'm so committed to more people custom creating their sex, relationships, and lives from desire. And this podcast is a big part of that. If you have ideas for the show or want to learn more about working with me as a coach, head on over to my Instagram at Kaylin McDuff 
or my website, kaylinmcduff.com. See you next time.